Thank you for the introduction, Dave, earlier on. I'm looking forward to all those conversations about Leicester City and England rugby later on. Um, I'm also, I, I'm rather partial to a family-sized box of chocolates, or a family-sized bag of chocolates. Uh, why, you might ask? Uh, because my family, uh, well, at least my immediate family, includes only one other person, Ruth, uh, my wife. So as one of three children growing up, three boys, three growing boys, uh, as a child, a family-sized bag of chocolates had to be shared between me, my two brothers, and my mum, and my dad. But now, there's only one other person to share uh, my chocolates with. And if I was including my dog as part of the family, dogs can't eat chocolates, so I couldn't share it with him anyway. So I get a lot of chocolate, but I'm not being greedy because it is advertised as a family-sized bag of chocolates. Now, these aren't family-sized bag of chocolates, but they're mini rolls, and there's 10 of them. And so if I was to share this with Ruth, we'd at least get five each. I'd probably end up with seven or eight, and Ruth would probably have one or two. <laughs> but I've got these here. So if you come and speak to me after the service, and you don't mention Leicester <laughs> or England, maybe you'll get one of them while stocks last. But what is family? What is a family-sized bag of chocolate? As much as I joke about being able to get more chocolate to eat, it's not really what family's all about, is it? You sometimes wish a family-sized bag of chocolate would be shared out more fairly and everyone in the family treated as they should be. Family-sized bags of chocolate sometimes used to be shared with more people, but now they remind you of people who are missing. You sometimes wish family-sized bags of chocolate could be shared with more people, but your family's never grown as you hoped. This morning, we're going to see how important Jesus thought it was to speak about family as he was about to die. As we continue to think about all Jesus said on the cross. So, we're going to look to John Chapter 19, verses 26 to 27. So if you've got your Bibles with you, do turn to that. Otherwise, it should come up on the screen. These are the first words John recalls Jesus as saying on the cross. So it's John 19, verses 26 and 27. They say, When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. And as we look at all Jesus said, this morning we're going to notice three things Jesus' words tell us about his approach to family. Jesus respects family. Jesus yearns for family. And Jesus creates family. So firstly, Jesus' words on the cross show us just how important he thinks family is, how much he respects family. As, always, as we've already heard over the last few weeks, the cross was a truly awful way to die. It would have been painful, shameful, vengeful, disgraceful. And the commentator Tenney reminds us by pointing out Paul's thoughts on the cross. Paul said he humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. And Tenney comments, death for Jesus was unbelievable, but crucifixion was unthinkable. And in these verses in John, 
we find Mary at the foot of the cross watching her son die. Not only unbelievably, but also unthinkably. So just to get a little context, Mary was married to Joseph, but we've not heard about Joseph for a little while in the Gospels. And it's likely that Joseph has died before Jesus started his public ministry. Maybe that, hence, Jesus shows particular concern for his mother before his death. Upon his dying, Jesus, Mary's firstborn, wants to make sure his mother is well cared for. Jesus clearly thinks family is important. He both loves and cares for his mother, and as he readies himself for death, he wants to ensure that she is loved and cared for as she processes exactly what Simeon meant when he spoke to her and prophesied over Jesus as a baby. When Simeon said, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He's been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be, will be revealed. And he says to Mary, and a sword will pierce your very soul. As Jesus is crucified, a spear driven into his side, a sword pierces Mary's soul as she watches her son suffer death. In the midst of this, Jesus still does what needs to be done. He still sees the big picture, but he doesn't let the big picture leave him uncaring, unloving, unconcerned for family. He cares for his mother and his friend, who's also with her, the disciple Jesus loved, often identified as John. In this moment, the importance of family is not lost on Jesus, but it's reinforced. Family is important enough to act in that moment. Even in his own dying, Jesus noticed his mother and the disciple he loved's need for family in that moment. He noticed them. Dying for the world was important to Jesus, but family was important enough for Jesus to notice them in the midst of his pain and suffering. In that moment, Jesus honors his mother in caring for her, looking out for her, and he honors his father as he does his father's will, and he dies for the world. Jesus, in his dying moments, notices the need of his family, his friends. He notices their need. Secondly, Jesus' words show us that not only does Jesus respect family, but it is possible for him to provide what he sees as so important. It's possible for him to provide family. Jesus, he yearns for better for his family. In the midst of his dying, he yearns to care for his family. He acts. So in the midst of this terrible scene, we see a tender moment. Milne describes it saying, as Jesus hangs there with the burden of a world's redemption upon his shoulders, he finds time to express his personal loving concern for his mother and one of his special friends. Can you imagine if I was up here preaching and I saw someone in the congregation that I loved and cared for, thought it was important to ensure they know they're loved and cared for, and I just stopped preaching for a bit to show my love and maybe to take them a mini roll. <laughs> I think it might be important, but would I really break my talk flow to deal with something else mid-talk? What on earth would people think? 
It'd be a bit embarrassing. Definitely ruin the flow of uh, my planned preach and the messaging of what I was going to say. I just wouldn't do it, really. At least most of the time, maybe. And I certainly wouldn't have been doing it with the burden of the world's redemption on my shoulders. I'd have just been preaching. There are plenty of things we think that are important, but we don't do or can't do. Sometimes because we're too busy, too weighed down, too tired. Or sometimes just because it's beyond us. It's important, but we're not able to do it. Or we think it's important, but we can't drag ourselves up from in front of the TV or the comfort of our lives to actually do it. But Jesus, in this moment of his greatest pain, he summons up the energy to speak. From a position on the cross where physiologists have explained breathing would be both painful and difficult. In this moment, Jesus pushes through the pain, not just to speak, but to speak loudly enough to be heard by his mother and his friend. It's important to him, and somehow it's also possible for him. And what does he say? He says, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. In this moment, we see Jesus yearns for his mother and friends to be family. He yearns. It's such a deep thing for him that even in the midst of such great pain and torment, in the midst of all this, Jesus still found the strength to provide family for his mother and his friend. Jesus' death on the cross is often known as the Passion. There's the Passion of Christ, the famous film recounting Jesus' death on the cross. And on the cross, we see this Passion as we see his yearning for family. So on the cross, in seeing his yearning, we see his love. Not only does he notice Mary and John, he loves them indeed in what he does. He acts in the midst of his own suffering to love others. He's able to do that. Jesus' yearning is active. It's loving. And in fact, in dying, Jesus is showing just how much he yearns for family. We read in Galatians 4, verses 4 to 5, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. You might remember those verses from our identity series. Jesus' very death on a cross was a demonstration of his yearning for family of his love, of his passion for you. Jesus demonstrates his Father's love and his love for us in that while we are still sinners, he dies for us. So on the cross, Jesus sees and loves his mother and disciple. And he also shows he sees and loves you. So much so that he dies for you. Jesus yearns for you. Jesus loves you. So we've seen the respect Jesus ascribes to family. uh, And we've seen that he actively yearns for it. He loves indeed. And so thirdly and finally, we see that Jesus creates family. Jesus provides family. In these verses uh, on this saying, uh, we read... When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here's your son, and to the disciple, here's your mother. Then we read, from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. In this moment, Jesus has noticed his mother and friend's need, 
He's acted in love to respond to his mother and friend's need, and he provides for their need. He is able to provide for their need. In her pain, and beyond that pain at the foot of the cross, Jesus knew his mother would need family to care for her. He reacted. He gave John to Mary as a son, and he gave Mary to John as a mother. But it didn't stop there. They weren't hollow words of love never to be borne out. They meant something. Jesus' words are powerful. They were meaningful. John actually took Mary into his home and cared for her as his mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. And the biblical account in Acts suggests that John remained in Jerusalem over the years following Jesus' ascension, quite feasibly, to care for Mary, to care for his mother as Jesus had given him. Jesus created family. And you know the great thing? He didn't just create family for Mary. He also created it for the disciple he loved. And not only that, in this scene on the cross, Jesus shows he respects, yearns for, and creates family for Mary and John, but also he shows he respects, yearns for, and creates family for you and for me. After all, that's why he died. For God so loved the world. God loves you, God loves me. And we join with the disciple he loved and his mother, and he creates family. We are people God loves. It's into one of the hard moments of life that Jesus speaks. His mother is watching her son die. The disciple he loved, seeing Jesus die, whilst he himself stands there likely at that moment motherless, and now about to lose his closest friend. And it's in this hardest moment that Jesus sees, Jesus loves, Jesus creates. And in this moment, we see what Jesus is about. Jesus is all about family. But not family as culture so often describes it to us. Mum, dad, 2.3 children. But a much bigger family. A much greater family. A family that's open to all. An everlasting family with an everlasting father. As we're adopted to sonship, we become, as we become sons, as we become daughters of God, we don't do so in isolation. We do so together with those alongside us, those you're sitting next to here today. As we stand at the foot of the cross, as Jesus dies, Jesus doesn't just bring us adoption. We don't just become sons and daughters in isolation. In Mark 3, Jesus says to those around him, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. What is God's will? Ultimately, that we repent and believe in the good news. In Jesus' death on the cross, there's no other way. Galatians 2 tells us a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. It all begins and ends with Jesus. This is God's will, that we repent and believe, that we may be sinners saved by grace. This is why Jesus died. Jesus dies that we might be brother, that we might be sister, mother, As we stand at the foot of the cross and believe, Jesus says to us, here's your son. Here's your daughter. Here's your mother. Here's your father. 
And as Dave said in his talk on family, as we thought about our, our core values as a church several months ago, as God draws people to himself, he also draws them to each other. So I said we'd go through three key points today. Jesus respects family. Jesus yearns for family. Jesus creates family. But what does that mean for us and the places we're coming from today? As we approach Mothering Sunday, Mother's Day, we can know the joys of earthly family. There can be joys that come about that. But we can also know the heartbreak of family in all sorts of ways. John Bloom uh, explains a little how he sees Jesus' words to his mother and friends speaking into such difficult times. As God works out his salvation of sinners, he leads us along unexpected paths that may result in unexpected and sometimes agonizing pain. When it does, we can remember Mary, the darkest moment of her life, the sword that stabbed deepest into her soul, was the moment that God used most to bring salvation and joy to the world and to her. That's how he works with us too. When a sword pierces, all it feels like is terrible pain. But later, we discover that our deepest wounding often becomes a channel through which the most profound grace flows. To be clear, this isn't a matter of insensitively saying to those who are suffering, all things happen for a reason. It's not that at all. But it's rather saying, however we're feeling, maybe even more so when we're hurting, on the cross, we see Jesus saying to us, to you, you are seen, you are loved, you are family. So if you're hurting today, whenever you are hurting, and we all hurt sometimes, Jesus' message for us on the cross in the midst of his own suffering, suffering for us, is, I value family. Know that you are seen. I yearn for family. Know that you are loved. I create family. And you are family. So I'm going to invite the band up now. As the band come up, I wonder how has Jesus been speaking to you this morning? How's the Holy Spirit been moving? We all need to know the love of God. It's so good to know the love of God. Maybe you want the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh and to remind you that you're seen, to remind you that you're loved, to remind you you are family. If we are to love one another as family, we need to know God's love for us. So what's your need here this morning? Maybe you're coming feeling like a broken piece. What's your need this morning? Jesus sees you, whatever your need is. Jesus sees you, he loves you, he wants you. So maybe as we come before the cross and see Jesus, you need to know that you're seen, that you're loved, that you're family. Maybe you come with a sword piercing your soul. Maybe you come and you're feeling alone. Maybe you come feeling unseen. Maybe you come just with a yearning for something more. And that message of Jesus speaks deeply into your heart. Jesus yearns for you. 
So I'm going to pray. Um, ministry team, if you come up in twos after that, to either side. And as we pray, we're just going to allow ourselves to be reminded of the amazing love of God, the incredible love of God, the God who says you're seen, the God who says you're loved, the God who says you're family. And if you want Jesus to speak to your needs here this morning, if you want to know, if you need to know, be reminded that Jesus sees you. He loves you. He makes you family. I really encourage you to come forward for prayer. If you want to have a fresh experience, a fresh understanding, a fresh knowledge of God's incredible love for you, why not come for prayer? God wants to speak to you. He wants to remind you of his love. He wants to meet with you here this morning. So let's stand as we pray. Holy Spirit, come. Heavenly Father, thank you for the cross. Thank you for all Jesus showed us on the cross. Thank you that even in his own greatest suffering, Jesus still sees. Jesus still loves. Jesus still draws us close and tells us we're family. We need you, Lord. Thank you that you see us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you draw us close. Holy Spirit, we pray now for a fresh understanding, experience, and knowledge of the love of Christ here this morning. So ministry team, if you come forward now, let's just spend some time responding to Jesus here and now and his love for us.